Evening cunts This is your podcast for the 22nd of November 2020 How are y'all doing? Hope you're all well Alright, that's enough of all the bollocks Let's just get into it, shall we? Uh, what have we got today? Forecasters predict coldest winter since 2012 This always fucking happens, doesn't it? Every winter. I predicted this to be the biggest winter exaggeration since 2019. Because it always fucking happens. Every single year now, it seems like. Every Christmas, it's like, oh, fucking. The worst winter in a million years is coming. And then every summer, the hottest summer in trillion centuries is coming. It's like fucking. I'll tell you what it is. It's a conspiracy by the woolly glove companies. That's what it is. All the woolly glove companies, they've, always, they've conspired with these weather cunts to be like, like, the woolly gloves aren't selling as well as they normally do, so get on the fucking weather app and on the weather program on the news and get everyone told that this upcoming winter is going to be the coldest since records began and then people will come out in their drawers and start buying all the woolly gloves and all the fucking woolly hats. On the nice, uh, on the nice toasty warm courts. Yeah, but they're not going to believe it. Is it? if we do it every year, if we do it every year, they're eventually going to stop believing us, aren't they? And then one year they're not going to believe us when we say that it's the coldest winter since records began. And then it actually will be the coldest winter since records began. And then they'll be stuck in their fucking swimming trunks and their fucking tank tops, and they'll all freeze to death. That will be what'll happen. Uh. What else have we got? Euphoria star Lucas Gage calls out director for insulting flat on Zoom call. I haven't seen the video, but I've read the uh, I've read the story. You can hear the apparently you can hear this British director who's hasn't been identified yet. They're having to do interviews over Zoom, obviously because of uh, COVID nineteen. So they're having to. Uh, talk to all of these people that they may be wanting their films over Zoom and apparently you can hear this one director, he doesn't realise that it, that uh, he's been mic'd already and he's like, oh look at this guy's shitty apartment, he must be poor as shit and then the actor comes back in and he's like, yeah it is fucking shit isn't it, maybe you should give me the job so I can pay for a better one and then the director's like, oh my god I'm so sorry but to be fair, at least he didn't try and pussy out of it by being like, ah, I knew you were listening. I was just busting your balls a little bit. I don't know why, but whenever I go into an impression of anyone that I know, even when I know that they're not a Brooklyn taxi driver, Brooklyn taxi driver voice always seems to come out. That's my, that's every single one of my impressions for some reason. Uh, yeah, so the director hasn't been named at this point. And... Uh, uh, well, like, if he names him now, then he'll just be like, then he definitely won't get the part. Uh, but if he refuses to name the guy, then the next film that he's in will think that he... will think that the director of that film is the guy on the tape and he got that part out of uh, sheer embarrassment. Like, maybe he could, like, uh, if he hadn't... Like, if he hadn't made this public, he could have blackmailed the director, couldn't he? He could have been like, listen, I, I won't uh, release this tape of you bad-mouthing me over Zoom, but you're going to have to put me in the film. 
And the guy's like, yeah, the, and the director's like, yeah, that's no problem, we'll put you in the film. And the actor's like, well, actually, I, I'm thinking that my part, my part's actually not really big enough. I'm thinking that my, that my character should be the main character now. And the director's like, well, that wouldn't really fit the story. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just make this tape. And the director, all oh, right, yeah, yeah, all right, I'll make it a bigger part for you. Just uh, don't release the tape. And then the guy's like, uh, yeah, I th- I'm thinking that my character would have like 17 supermodel girlfriends and the script needs at least four orgy scenes. He could just fucking blackmail his way into being the star of the movie and having the most fucking fun time on a movie ever, couldn't he? Uh, that's what I would do anyway. Uh, it's probably fucking... It's probably just a non-entity, the director, isn't it? I'm guessing that it's not someone important. Uh, fucking that's how out of the loop I am with popular culture I literally tried to think of a modern day British director and I'm just coming up with blanks coming up with fucking blanks my uh, knowledge of popular culture ends like somewhere around 2003-2004 after that I just stopped learning all the names of all the actors and the directors and the musicians and stuff like that I figured I know enough of them to get by but uh, I should probably be learning some new ones by now, shouldn't I? Anywho, uh, woman mauled by police dog at illegal rave. Isn't illegal rave an oxymoron? Should be, shouldn't it? Like at most raves, they're popping pills and taking LSD and all that, so every rave is a fucking illegal rave, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there you go, think about that. Some philosophical shit right there. Uh, so, yeah, obviously these kids fucking idiots for breaking the for breaking social distancing and gathering together or some sort of secret underground fight club style rave. So, obviously they deserve to be punished, but I think I draw the line at dog setting, at, uh, I think I draw the line at police setting fucking dogs on them. Like, you could just spray them with a load of fucking piss, couldn't you? In order to get across the message that they've been uh, that they've been fucked over, or you could like uh, you could just fucking get a tank full of that vaccine, couldn't you? Because if they uh, if they have been super spreading the virus at this rear, just get a tank full of the fucking vaccine, spray all that comes with them. That'll get the message across. That'll get the message across that they're a bunch of fucking idiots for breaking the. For breaking the social distancing, and also it'll uh, it'll make sure that the virus doesn't multiply within them. Like mix it with some lemon juice so it stings their eyes and all that. But uh, yeah, it'll get the message across if they do that. But um, yeah, it just boggles my mind. Like like you've got reports of there being an illegal rave. Like it would like. At what point do you think, yeah, we're probably going to need some fucking Rottweilers in order to break this up? Like, who at a rave is going to be such a threat that you'll need a big fucking Rottweiler in order to keep them under control and stop them from lashing out? Most people at raves are off their fucking tits already, aren't they? They're not going to put up much of a fight. Um, They wouldn't need a goddamn dog in order to bring them down. Uh, and also, there was a story a few weeks ago that uh, apparently walking the dog increases your risk of catching COVID-19 because of all the germs they pick up when they walk. Apparently, these fucking uh, policemen hadn't read the goddamn story because for all we know now, they took their goddamn dog to this thing and the dog actually gave them COVID-19. 
Which is exactly the opposite of what these fucking donut munchers were trying to avoid. Yeah, all of these people who were who were at that rave, they should just be fucking tagged now, shouldn't they? If you get cut, basically what we should do is we should be given, we should all be given a chance to obey the social distancing, and the second that one of us fucking breaks it, get a fucking tag on their leg, just to make sure that they fucking uh, don't hold any more raves. Or get a fucking tag on their cock so that they won't be able to use it, even if there is a rave. And that'll stop them from fucking disobeying the law. That's what we need to do. Anywho, what else we got? Microplastics found at the top of Mount Everest. Yeah, this is fucking incredible. Apparently the top of Everest is a fucking hotspot for littering. Like, nobody has thought to put a fucking bin up there, have they? No, but although, to be fair, the fuck... <laughs> if they put a fucking bin at the top of Everest, it would be a while before it got fucking uh, collected, wouldn't it? Like, we complain about how there's... Uh, like, our wheelie bin collection is once every two weeks or some shit like that. Imagine how hard it would be to fucking get all that shit off of the top of Everest. Wouldn't be cost-effective, wouldn't it? Just bring your fucking shit down when you're done with it. It's like, oh, yeah, I've accomplished this fucking incredible thing. I've carried all of this. I've gotten to the top of Everest and I've fucking carried all my goddamn food up there as well. But no, fuck, I'm not going to take it all the way back down again. I'll just leave it here. And also, but counterpoint, all that litter on there probably made the mountain a bit taller, hasn't it? When you think about it. Like, there's loads of competition from all these new mountains, Everest slightly falling behind. Chuck a bit of rubbish up there, and then the mountain will be a little bit higher, and it'll be hard for all the other mountains to catch them up. Yeah, there we go. I'm I'm making good points left, right, and fucking centre today, haven't I? Fucking hell, yeah, just take your litter back down with you, you fucking cunt. Like, in order to get up there and leave, it it would take... In order to get up to Everest in the first place, obviously it would take the fittest person and the most determined person in the world. But also to litter on there, you've got to be the most, you've got to simultaneously be the most lazy person as well. Like these motherfuckers are, are simultaneously the most dedicated and the most lazy people in the entire fucking world. But fair play, you've got to be. You've got to be committed to fuck to laziness. You've got to be committed to littering. If you're going to uh, fucking commit to climbing Everest in order to litter up there, like normally littering drives me fucking mad. But in this case, if they've if this per if the people who have done this are that dedicated to littering that they've climbed all the way up to Everest to do it, then fucking fair play. I take my hat off to them. That's what I say. Uh. What else have we got? Oh, yeah. Uh, Some news with regards to this podcast and the platforms that you can hear it on. I was originally going to upload it exclusively to SoundCloud. I was going to upload every single episode to SoundCloud. But the other night, I tried to upload the latest episode and I got a notification saying, Sorry, you've reached your limit. I've uploaded four episodes of this fucking podcast probably less than four hours in total and they're saying that i've reached my limit and if i want to upload any more i have to subscribe to their fucking stupid uh pro service in order to keep uploading it which is fucking bullshit but luckily 
won't have to actually do that. This podcast will live on. This podcast will continue to flourish because Mixcloud are exactly the same as Soundcloud and yet there's no hidden fees, there's no upgrade to Mixcloud Plus or whatever the bollocks. You get unlimited amount of space with Mixcloud. You get to fucking upload as much shit as you want. And I have an unlimited amount of shit that I'm planning to upload to there, so this suits me down to the ground. Because as much as I am determined to get this podcast going for a year, I'm not willing to pay for it at all. As passionate as I am about this podcast, that podcast doesn't include shilling out even a single penny in order to have this podcast heard by anyone. You either hear it for free or you fucking do not hear it. That's the motto of this fucking podcast. But, uh, like, how the fuck do they expect to get away with that? How do they expect to last that long when they have a competition that's... When they have competition that's offering the same service but for free? You know what I fucking mean? It's like, I listened to a podcast a while ago about the story of how... Netflix eventually overtook Blockbuster. And it's like, how the fuck do you expect to compete with a company that allows you to fucking stream over the internet? It doesn't make you have to get your fucking coat and your woolly gloves and your woolly hat on in the middle of fucking winter and walk seven miles in the freezing cold to your fucking local Blockbuster in order to pick up two movies for 50 quid. And if they're even a goddamn second late, you get you get hit with a fucking thousand pound fine. Or a tenth of a COVID, if I think, as I think it's known. You expect to compete with a company that lets you do it over the fucking internet for only seven ninety nine, and there's no late fees? Fuck off. Likewise, how the hell is SoundCloud ever going to com- compete with Mixcloud when they're fucking... when they're, off- when, when, when they're offering all of their subscribers a... Not even subscribers, where they're allowing anyone, even complete strangers, to just access all the fuck, all the content that they want. Upload all the content all they want, because the more people that uh, that are uploading, the more visitors they're going to get, and that's going to drive more traffic to the website, and that's going to result in more money. And if SoundCloud, you're charging people to fucking upload their stuff, that means they're not going to upload their stuff, and no people are going to listen to it, and you're not going to get any money. And you'll be in the queue for the dole with the blockbuster cunts. Um, yeah, so from now on, I'm just going to be uploading all of this shit. All of this meandering fucking bubble. All of the fucking stuff about coldest winters and fucking fly tipping on Everest. You can look forward to that exclusively, exclusively on fucking Mixcloud. Uh... And also, this is what did I learn about Mixcloud. Oh yeah, somehow they always they're uh, standing by the fact that they make sure that all artists get paid every time that their music is made on is played on Mixcloud. Not even sure how the fuck that works. Like, how would you ever fucking police that? I assume that there's some sort of bot that every time you upload a podcast or a. Or a or whatever to Mixcloud, it like scans the entire upload to mix to see what the music is, and then uh, actually that couldn't work, could it? Because then, no, that wouldn't work, would it? Because then if you were just some 
shit fucking street artist and you copyrighted one of your songs, you would just fucking get one of your mates to set up a fucking Mixcloud account, wouldn't you? And just constantly fucking play that song on Mixcloud and make sure that the money just kept getting dished out to your mate. So that obviously wouldn't work. But who the fuck cares? Mixcloud obviously doesn't care, so who the fuck am I to question? I'm not going to question any time these multi-billion pound slash dollar conglomerates choose to fucking give away a large amount of their fucking cool shit for next to no money. Not going to question how WWE don't charge for WrestleMania. Not going to question how Apple can afford to give away limited mu- unlimited music for $7.99 a month. Not going to question how Mixcloud fucking allows you to upload all the stuff that you want, including copyrighted music for absolutely free not gonna question it just go with the fucking flow if it's all right for them it's all right for me um and a second what the fuck else did i come up with oh yeah that was the fucking stupid idea i came about with regards to the uh the fucking copyrighted music stuff i was wondering like if i just uh if I just sang the, the song that I wrote called Sausages and Pies, if I just sang that on this podcast, would that uh, would that result in Mixcloud just sending me a check in order to make sure that I was compensated for my song being used? But uh, I haven't copyrighted that song yet. I just uh, improvised it in the bath. And I'm not sure that... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that I understand how copyright works because I... Because uh, in my head, I was just thinking, if I invent this song, if I say these particular words in this particular order, then that automatically makes me the owner of it. But, uh, yeah, not quite how copyright law works. So, even even though I uh, spend a lot of time uh, shitting on copyright legislators saying that they're full of shit and they're... Uh, uh, and, they're, they're, and that they're already getting paid, and yet they're fucking uh, making it, and yet they're having a fucking temper tantrum over the fact that they're missing money and all that, even though they're not. Even though I fucking act like an expert on copyright law, as I've just demonstrated, I just haven't got the first fucking clue how it works, but that ain't gonna stop me. Still gonna keep complaining about the fact that Facebook doesn't let me fucking stream with music, even though. Only my fucking friends are on Facebook. It's not like they're getting the fucking... They're going to own the song. If I buy the fucking music off of Apple Music, I should be allowed to stream it on Facebook for my friends to listen to because they're not getting the actual song. They're just listening to it. They're not going to be owning the fucking song. It's no different to me having a group of friends over at the house and playing a song on the fucking radio. They haven't bought the song, have they? And yet you don't hear fucking copyright Nazis banging on the door saying we have it on good authority that last week at your birthday party you played the Beatles Can't Buy Me Love to 30 people 29 of whom had not purchased it therefore we're going to send you to jail motherfucker does not happen um what the fuck else did I do oh yeah I also rewatched the about 15 years ago, Channel 4 used to do these list shows where they would uh, spend four hours getting all of these uh, celebrities to do talking heads uh, like vignettes and comment on the comment on the list. 
of all of the people who had been placed in the, on the list, and I used to fucking love these. I would fucking while away the hours. I would just sit there in a fucking meditative trance just looking at these fucking lists. It was fucking absolutely beautiful. Perfect way to start the day. Well, not a perfect way to start the day. That's fucking stupid. But it was a way to kill four hours. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, this list in particular was covering the comedian's comedian, which was a lot of comedy performers, writers, actors, and comedians had been asked to name their favorite comedians. And uh, this list was running down the top 50. Obviously, there was a bit of a British bias because this was obviously Channel 4 and it's conducted, the interviewees were mainly British comedians, writers, performers, etc. And so there were a lot more, uh, actually that's not true because there were quite a lot of, uh, I was going to say that there was more English people than there were American, but that's not quite true because there was a good chunk of American people in there. So it was uh, like the names that you would expect. If you'd have limited it, if you'd have limited the list to like stand-ups, it would have been people like fucking, I don't know, I mean Peter Keir was on the list, and this was in 2005, so it would have been people like fucking, uh, I don't know, if the list, if the if the list was just stand-ups, it would have been like fucking Peter Kay, fucking Bernard Manning, people like this. There would have been a lot more British bias involved, but because it was. Uh, expanded to include just comedians in general I think that's what allowed a lot more American performers to be in there uh, there were a couple of my favorites on the list Paul Merton was on there I think it's one of the funniest guys ever to have uh, ever to have fucking lived uh, yeah undeniably went through a bit of a patch where he was getting disinterested with the with the fucking show about 10 years ago I would say but if you watch some of the more recent shows he's back on form absolutely he's one funny fucker and he's one of the best improvisers in the business I've seen him do the comedy store players and I've seen him do his impro chums live and he just absolutely fucking bosses it every time just one of the quickest guys uh, on the planet I would say yeah Eddie Izzard was on there uh, John Cleese came second, second only to Peter Cook. Uh, huge fan of John Cleese. I, I, when I uh, watched the list originally 15 years ago, I, I imagined that Cleese was going to win, but sort of underestimated, I suppose, what Peter Cook did for performance. But even still, even knowing what he did for... Uh, with like his Derek and Clive stuff and the... Uh, the Beyond the Fringe stuff and rebooting Private Eye and stuff like that, even though that was hugely influential. At the time, I just thought it would be no, it was nowhere near as influential as Monty Python, Life of Brian, Fawlty Towers and stuff like that, so I just naturally assumed that Cleve would come top. But, no, it wasn't the big. Still haven't gotten around to watching any of the Derek and Clive stuff. To my eternal shame. As a matter of fact, what I'll do now is I'll go on Apple Music and I'll see whether or not it's available there because they do sell some comedy records there. Derek and Clive. Let's see, because if they are, then I can give this, I can give them a listen. 
before the next one and I can give oh yes get in there the Derek and Clive tips they are fucking available come again ad nauseum oh fucking hell Derek and Clive's greatest shit fucking hell yeah I'm gonna give these fucking bad boys a listen absolutely I am yeah Jerry Sadovitz says those tips that uh, Pete and Dud did were among the biggest influences on him as well that's another thing, there were a lot of notable names left off this list that I would imagine that a lot of comedians would have voted for. Like George Carlin wasn't on the list, I thought that he would have been in there. Uh, Lenny Bruce, I imagine, probably would be in I'm not a huge fan of Lenny Bruce, but I know just how many uh, comedians have been influenced by him, so I'm surprised not to see him on the list. Kinnison, I thought, would be on there. Uh, and Sadowitz, I mean... I just assumed that he was uh, beloved by other, like that. You would think that he was the kind of performer who the other comedians would just admire for the just as fuck the size of his fucking bollocks and his fucking the gumption that he has, just to go out there and say the things that he does. But wasn't on the list. I think if the list was to be done now, it would probably include names like David Mitchell, Sean Locke, Ross Noble, who are some of my favourite comics. But this was only two thousand and five, remember? So they hadn't become. Established names in their own right. So, would be interesting to do that list again and see how it would work now. And also, a number of comics who were placed at the time probably wouldn't place this time. I'm thinking Cosby, I'm thinking Woody Allen, even though I personally don't think that he's guilty. Allen, I should say. Woody Allen not guilty. Bill Cosby definitely guilty. This isn't the fucking Bill Cosby is innocent podcast. That guy is absolutely fucking guilty. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that a lot of the comics who were piling prayers on Cosby at the time are thankful that this list isn't going to be repeated on TV anytime soon. Uh, as uh, what I was thinking of doing was going through the entire list and like looking at everybody who placed, like looking at their best work, just to sort of educate myself on the on the comics that I'm not particularly familiar with. So like I say, the Derek and Clive stuff. I'll check that out. Check out a few more Woody Allen films, rewatch Faulty Towers, just to get a just uh, in my head, I suppose, just to see whether or not the people who were pulled in this uh, list made the correct choices. Because, uh, well, I'm convinced they didn't because Peter Keir was on the list, and how the fuck would that ever happen? How the fuck is Peter Keir in the same list as Paul Merton and Eddie Izzard and Steve Coog and Billy Connolly, these people? All he does is go in there and talk about the fucking junk food that he remembers eating when he was a kid. You think that entitles you to be on a list with fucking John Cleese and Peter Cook? I don't think so, fuck, fuck. Um, yeah, I think what I was... The idea the idea was I was going to uh, like listen to some of the... Listen to the best bits of all of the people who were placed and then go through every single one of them and give my opinion on them. But I think that might have to be a separate podcast. It did give me an idea for another podcast as well, another spin-off where I would go through... Uh, I would do a podcast called The 100 Greatest Humans Ever To Have Lived. And I would just come every week, I would just improvise a new person. 
I would just make up another person on the list and then I would play all the parts sharing memories of the fucking people on the list. I think that would be good. But I think that I would have to do that like a professional thing. I'd have to learn how to edit and splice and stuff like that. I couldn't just put out the same kind of uh, stream of consciousness shite that I put out for this program. If it was gonna be, if it was gonna reach a number of people and if it was gonna appeal to a decent sized audience, I think it would have to be a fucking professional job. I couldn't just fucking record it uh, on my phone in order and have people just ignore all the fucking ums and errs and any who's like I can with this one. But uh, yeah, it's interesting this list because a few years later, I think maybe 2010. There was a similar poll conducted where they got comedians to list their favourite comics and I think Daniel Kitson came top. So that was probably a list that was con- that was compiled mainly by stand-ups. They were probably the people polled. And the fact that so many non-stand-ups appeared in this list, like general comedians, Peter Cook, uh, you know, John Cleese, Eric Morgan. Not saying they don't deserve to be on the list, but uh, yeah, it was pretty obvious that it was mainly non-stand-ups who were polled. Because if there were a lot, if there were stand-ups polled, I think that there would be a lot more stand-ups on the list. But uh, anyway, I've rambled on about that enough. Uh, oh, I fucking tell a lie. It's only been 29 minutes. It's only been 29 minutes for fuck's sake. Are you kidding me? I thought we'd done at least 45 minutes, but now only 29. So I'm a bit fucking flummoxed because the last fucking note that I have here is from is from Facebook on this day, which is where I normally go back and I look at a post that I made on Facebook in a year gone by. And sadly, the only po- the final note that I have written down is that in 2008 I posted to Facebook, "Damn, Katy Perry got some big ass titties." That's not gonna stretch this podcast out another half hour, Anthony. You fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. I think we're gonna have to end it half. I think we're gonna end it half an hour, people. Oh God, that's on me. That's completely on me. Uh, should have done more stuff today, but uh, I mean I can't even blame there being a slow news day because there's always plenty to talk about, and it's always me that fucks shit up. Uh, yeah, normally I tr- in the last podcast as well. I did a pretty good job of padding out all of the the lack of news by fucking talking about the bollocks that I'd gotten up to during the day, but can't even do that because I've done fuck all today. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to end it there, I'm afraid. I mean, as I record this, I am waiting until Survivor Series to start. Because it's farewell to the dead man. Undertaker is retiring after 30... Uh, glorious, well, not 30 glorious years, like maybe 20, 20, maybe like 20 glorious years, three okay years, and then seven just, but you can't let the take away from an incredible fucking career, the guy is a legend, uh, I'm not gonna spend the, the rest of the fucking runtime talking about The Undertaker, because I'll just, I mean, it, it would make more sense to leave it until after It'll make more sense just to leave it until tomorrow after the pay-per-view is over so I can just see whether or not they give The Undertaker a good farewell or whether they shut the bed on this. So I'll just uh, hold off talking about Taker until tomorrow 
this will probably be the first pay-per-view that I've watched all year as well. Because I just, I tried watching WrestleMania, but after about two matches, I just couldn't. It just looked fucking ridiculous. There being no fans in there, it just looked fucking stupid. I'm not saying that they should have shut down entirely, but uh, yeah, I think that there must have been a better way to do this than playing in front of no fans and then playing in front of a, just a fucking huge selection of. Sc- actually, I take that back. The Thunderdome actually doesn't look that bad. I'm just being a con for no reason. Maybe it won't look that bad with the Thunderdome being in that. Who oh, the fuck knows? But, yeah. Countdown is on until fucking Survivor Series 2020. The 30-year anniversary of the Phenom. And I'll be here same time tomorrow to tell you all about it. Until then, take care, people. Good night. Thanks for listening.